I look at the tiny fingers of a newborn baby and try to understand how they could possibly grow into the fingers of a killer. The dead boy is named Jamal Jones. In the newspaper photo, his eyes are as dark as velvet. My boy is named Adam Schuster. His eyes are the color of the sea in Tel Aviv. They say he killed Jamal, but that's not true. My name is not Lila. It's hard for Americans to pronounce Lilach, so everyone here calls me Lila. But my name is not Lila. With Michael, it's easy. They just call him Michael. He never corrects them. It's not polite. Unlike me, I always say Lilach the first time and then let my new acquaintance turn me into Lila without making an issue of it, but without cooperating either. Michael started saying Michael a long time ago. He claims that with his name, it doesn't matter. It's almost the same thing. But four and a half months after Jamal died, when they hooked Michael up to the polygraph and asked him what his name was, and he said Michael, I knew that the needle jumped. When we make love, I call him Michael. I called him Michael once, and it felt as if I were having sex with someone else. When our son was born, we gave him a neutral name, Adam, that would work in both Hebrew and English, a name that would slide down the throats of the Americans like good California wine and not stick in the esophagus like Lilach and Michael, names that give us away the minute they read them on our passports. Not from here. We raised a child in America. We stored our Israeliness in the closet, along with the soccer trophies Michael had been saving since high school, for the memories, not because they were of any use. We raised an American child who went to high school with American children, and now they say he killed another American child. Jamal Jones. Your face is kind, but your size is intimidating. Your shoulders are broad, so broad that they seem to surprise even you. Perhaps it happened all at once, that growth spurt during one summer when, without warning, you changed from a short, skinny kid into a giant of a teenager. But your face didn't keep up with your limbs. Your body stretched and swelled, but your eyes remained the eyes of a child, and your lips, without the shadow of a mustache, retained the sweet pout of a child. On the street at night, I would be afraid of you. I wouldn't linger to look into your eyes, which seem kind and pleasant in the newspaper photo. I would probably walk faster, put a hand in my pocket to be sure my phone was in there in case I needed it. I would cross over to the illuminated side of the road and wait for your silhouette, that of a broad-shouldered black man, to walk past me and disappear around the next curve. If Adam was with me, I would be twice as stressed. Not only a woman on the street with a black man behind her, but a woman with a small child she has to protect. And it wouldn't matter that you're the same age. You're a man, Jamal, and Adam is a child, short and skinny, his shoulders slightly stooped, like a chick that hasn't yet managed to raise its wings. That's why I can't understand. Your picture in the paper. The kind eyes. The broad shoulders. To think that, while all this time I was afraid of you, maybe it was you who should have been afraid of me. 
of what I was capable of giving birth to. Now I'm afraid all the time, Jamal. Afraid of everything. But then, I wasn't so afraid yet. Only rarely. I remember. Every night, all three of us took off our slippers and put them on the hardwood floor before going to sleep. In my double bed, I would read the news from Israel on my phone until Michael said, It's late, and closed the blinds with the press of a button. Beyond the blinds was the yard, and beyond the yard was a green, quiet street that led to a green, quiet avenue in one of the greenest, quietest, safest cities in America.